0: Hello, hello, guys. So I know we all want to be booked and busy. That is the goal as estheticians. But In order to do so, we've got to be booked. This episode is in partnership with Gloss Genius. Made for salons and spas, Gloss Genius is the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue and enhance the client experience. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Gloss Genius empowers you to run your full salon in a stylish and smart way while feeling supported at every step. For 50% off for two months, go to the link in the show notes and enter code TTR22F. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli. Sorry it's been a little minute since I've posted a pod, but we are back and I say this every week, but you're really in for a treat this week. This is a good one. It's going to be a hot, spicy ep. And we are here with the one and only Alyssa Brock, owner of List Skin Studio.
1: Oh my gosh. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Don't don't call it come comeback. I'm excited because spicy yet educational, I feel yes. like, it should be the theme of today.
0: Yes, today we're going to be sharing hot, spicy skincare takes, but with a heavy dose of education, information, scientific backing, and a little, little sprinkling of our own personal expertise treating clients. Yes, but Liz, yes. can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do? Who definitely,
1: are definitely? Um, I now own. Like you had mentioned, Liskin Studio, which is based here in Illinois, not Chicago, but kind of like a smallish little town about two and a half hours outside of. If anyone's heard of Bloomington Normal, I know the name gets a lot of, you know, she's not really normal, but I do own a studio uh, here now, and I've been a licensed esthetician over seven years, which sounds Beard every time I say it because I feel like that ages me like so much
0: no I feel like that's a good amount of expertise where you're no longer a newbie like you're a business baddie and you know your stuff
1: I still feel like a newbie though I, I genuinely the internet has like blown my mind Instagram all the info When they say, like, that we're always learning, girl, I feel it.
0: No, No, you really are, though. Always something new. Well, do you want to kick us off with the first thought take?
1: Yes. Okay, guys. So (laughs) Tess and I literally... We're, like, texting these back and forth as we think of them throughout our, like, day over the past few weeks. And also, I do feel like we should kind of clarify what a hot take is just yeah, because yeah. I I feel like when um you had put your question box up and then when I put my question box up, everyone was more so like, what, guys, what is a hot take? And it's right. just basically a thought or an opinion that is designed to be kind of provocative or a little bit,
0: uh, controversial.
1: Yeah. A little controversial. Like it's supposed to elicit some thoughts and feelings, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of be a little bit surprised and catch it off guard, maybe a little.
0: And I feel like it's become a trend to start saying hot take and then your opinion, but saying it's a hot take first almost yes. like preps the audience so you're so a little less almost, offended and shocked.
1: <laughs> I was literally just going to say so that it's less offensive.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and we do want to preface this, again, these are some hot takes, so you may not agree. That is okay.
1: Even we don't, like, we were even going back and forth with some that, like, you know, and that's okay. We don't always have to, you know, all be on the same wavelength.
0: You can also, like, hear another side and be respectful of it, even if you don't agree or just... Your response could be like, oh, you see that a little differently. That's okay.
1: Or I felt like us talking about these and sending these to each other and kind of like I'd then think it through in my head or we'd talk something through and I'd be like, dang, I never like looked at it from that side mm-hmm. or from that perspective. Kind of makes you think, you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Get your, get your
1: wheels turning a little bit. We just hope these get you guys' wheels turning here. Yay.
0: Yeah, and it's like, okay, you guys are often saying, you know, you don't learn this stuff in school. How do you, a question I've been getting lately is like, how do you develop your own philosophies? How do you hear different opinions? How yeah. do you expand your mind within aesthetics? And I feel like part of it is research. Of course. Listening to other professionals. Definitely experience. Experience. Um and again, like still still doing your own research, developing your own thoughts, challenging your own beliefs. But yep. that is something that's really important to me with this podcast is sharing other perspectives, having different guests on. And of course, I don't always see eye to eye with every point a guest shares or makes, sure. but it's still fascinating to hear about. And if anything, even if you don't agree, I do think it helps you kind of sharpen your own ideas. And again, maybe it encourages you to go do your own research and just decide, like, I really believe in the other side of this conversation.
1: Like it almost helps you, yeah, like strengthen your argument. Not that it is an argument or it always has to be an argument, but it it does no. either, yeah, open your eyes to something new or Reaffirm why you are on the opposite side of whatever it may be that someone's saying.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty of skincare is often there is a gray area or something worked for somebody and it really didn't work for someone else. So, with these hot takes, I feel like we're pretty fair people. I think so. Let know? us
1: know. Well, I want to know too, hopefully, after this drops, like. I'd love to hear some other aestheticians like repost it with one of theirs. Like that'd be so cool to, I just find them so interesting. I'm like.
0: like oh, repost I them. their thoughts. Mm-hmm.
1: Or like, you know, like how, I don't know. I like whenever I listen to your pod or any other aesthetician, I always like to repost the pod episode. Mm-hmm. And then I always say a little something, something. Oh, oh yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like. Maybe they'll well, respond nice. with some of theirs or maybe they'll like, you know, agree or disagree with some or say yeah. a little bit that we never really thought of. All right, girlie, you want me to
0: pop off? Pop off on the first one.
1: Okay, guys, our first hot take. It doesn't take a 20-step routine to achieve skin revision.
0: Okay, tell us I'll what I'll start
1: mean. by saying I'm not hating on a large routine by any means because sometimes it truly does take you know quite a few things um, Mm -hmm. especially depending upon the skin condition that you're trying to revise and improve but I just know some that they take it to that next level and I, I don't have enough room on like my paper for how much they're you know using or wanting to use and I'm like oh Holy cow, girlfriend. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep up.
0: (laughs) What do you think is a good range for a number of products?
1: Honestly, I would probably say depending on if your client is a skincare, maybe like a newbie, Or someone who has been maybe, you know, getting treatments for a while. Or maybe they have been using skincare throughout their whole life. That's Mm -hmm. a big determiner for me. But generally, I at least would say four to five. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, cleanser, you want an exfoliant, an SPF, a moisturizer. Mm -hmm. Right. I think those would be like the barest, barest bones. Totally, would be for. Totally.
0: Yeah. And I try not to send a new client home with like, I don't think I've ever sent them home with more than six products. And even if I did, I would definitely lay out a way to introduce things slowly. Of course. Like, like- if they take all that home, we're not introducing it all day one, no. But sometimes you do really like I just had a client who really didn't have anything. She didn't have a sunscreen, she didn't have a cleanser, yep. she's using an oil. Well, and,
1: and that's, that's the good. thing too. I think like it depends on the client totally. So yeah. yes, hot take. I say it doesn't need 20, but there are some that do like to pamper themselves or they love a good mask. They love a good they oh. they ask, you know, on top of my already planned out routine what else can I do and in that case heck yeah like if they're actually willing to use you know other options maybe alternate exfoliants use different acids then amazing but a lot of professional products are multifaceted and are formulated to have multiple different you know acids or exfoliants rolled into one to where I don't feel nowadays sometimes it's not always as necessary to maybe have like seven different acids and your retinoid, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's some mixing and formulas going on that makes it maybe a little bit more simple.
0: Have, do you run into clients often who have way too much stuff going on?
1: Yes, very, very much so. And it, it's hard because I'm like, oh my God, like they're actually trying. Like I commend them for even, I'm impressed always when anyone uses a good ru- any kind of routine, honestly, at home, because yeah, I know that a lot of times skincare isn't cheap and it takes time out of their day to do that. So I'm always pumped when someone comes in using something prior. But mm-hmm. I do think that in some cases, there is, like, too much of a good thing, like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. As somebody... This is... Okay, I've learned this a little bit later in life because right when you go to esthetician school, you start going to skincare shows and you start um, seeing, getting exposed to more brands. My bathroom, my cat it's overflowing... Girl. Jan Marini always uses this statistic. The average person has over $500 of unused product in their medicine cabinet.
1: I was literally going to say a quote in my follow-up email is (laughs) I don't want to be part of the $500. No, I'm dead serious. I use that statistic. I I don't, I want it, you know, I would rather quality over quantity
0: what you're saying has really resonated with me lately as somebody who's developed new allergies. Like right now I have my dust, mite allergy. Mm-hmm. What I've learned through like that kind of experience is, is the more products you use, the higher the risk for some kind of allergic reaction, dermatitis. So I mean, I never knew that. I just kind of thought you could go forever and I could always introduce this and that. But if you have any allergies, perhaps an autoimmune condition, eczema, psoriasis, anything where your immune system is down, your barrier is compromised, not only is this a, a great tip for maximizing your investment, but it can be like a little bit of a safety tip as well.
1: Or even a lot of times, I think this even goes back to, I don't know how you feel about this, but what comes to mind is are a lot of my like acne clients, for example, they will do anything to like to what they think is improving it may not be. And, you know, but in their mind, if they're using all all of those things how can it not you know and sometimes it's just a lot of not quite the right thing and i know like but in their mind i know that it m- makes them feel like they're really you know trying to improve it and that's why i don't ever hate on anyone that does come in with a bigger one because a bigger like list of products they may be doing because totally get that, In they're really trying, you know?
0: More is not always more. Yeah. That said, I think there can be room for... Totally. You know, you can have a a solid little arsenal or certain things that are just something you use once or twice a month, or you can have a variety of serums, a brand like Glymed, is very well known for cocktailing serums and you can can reach a great benefit there too. So I'm not, I'm not saying it has to be a minimalist routine for everyone.
1: And I'm not knocking. I, last thing I had to say was someone, I heard this, I heard this recently. I, and I, oh, I never related to something more, but someone asked, you know, I swear it was on another podcast, but they were like, do you have only one perfume? Do you like, I don't, I I have several depending on maybe my day or my mood or what event I'm attending. I find, I don't know about yourself, but I'm sometimes that way with cleansers. Sometimes I love a mandelic cleanser. Whereas sometimes you just want a gentle one because you're post laser treatment, you know, it, Not saying it has to be just bare bones always. There's so wiggle room. There is just...
0: Yeah, because I don't really resonate with a uh, super minimalist routine. Like, let's be real. We're in this industry for a reason. Like, we love this stuff. And again,
1: hot take was, don't need a 20-step routine for skin revision. We, you know, like... I think that if someone's just trying to maintain, they just want to, you know, be preventative and just maintain healthy skin and they already have nice skin, you know, genetics really was on their side and they don't really have any issues that they are particularly trying to treat, then heck yeah, you know, keep it clean, keep it hydrated, keep it protected. Mm -hmm. But I know... A lot of people come to us, you know, wanting to improve certain things.
0: Yeah. And and sometimes, too, I worry if I suggest another thing, or are they just going to feel like I'm just trying to sell them? And it's such yeah. a happy medium. Definitely. As well, because sometimes there is a place for accelerating the routine. Yep. Okay. The next hot take and forgive us. This is a hot take. I have a very strong opinion on this. When it comes to celebrities, celebrities in skincare, I feel they should stick to their craft, stick to acting, stick to modeling, whatever it is they are an expert in. And I have a few a few reasons. I could totally go off.
1: Girl, <laughs> I... I think we both have so many reasons. I'll say I'll mine. I'll say mine quickly because I feel you have more let's say not skin in the game, but as a someone who's came out with a skincare line themselves and is actually an expert in skin, certified to treat skin, I'm kind of oh I get defensive even like for you. I, I just get a little bit frustrated. But my top my top reasons why I also have this I do agree with this hot take and I, you know I've thought about it for a while, tried looking at it from different perspectives, um, and I just still celebrity skincare is basically glorified over-the-counter skincare, and over-the-counter skincare is made for the masses. Um, you know, it's tolerable by technically all skin types and conditions. And I just I don't see change with regular over-the-counter skincare, which is why I don't use that in my practice. I I just feel, you know, the level, the quality of the active ingredients in professional grade skincare is different. The education behind the brand is different and they continue to educate. You know, professional lines come out with regular continuing education that we take both online, in person. The clinical study is. I could go on.
0: It's put to the test. We now acknowledge, like we understand the FDA is not categorizing mm. professional skincare and over-the-counter skincare differently. No. That said, professional lines are designed to be used in a treatment room setting, to support estheticians in in their businesses who need to produce a result.
1: It's our job to elicit results. I mean, we need something that will.
0: Yeah, so I think there's just a lot more intention and a lot more education and a lot more thought behind these products. Something that's big in the industry is, you know, just angel dusting, slipping in certain ingredients for the sake of having it on the label. Yeah. That doesn't really fly in a professional setting. Like we're not going to keep buying that product at wholesale to use it on our clients if it's not working and working on a range of people.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I personally, I'm sure you're the exact same way. I need... I need to see some some hard like some facts and figures. I need some actual. Proof, you know, the stupid saying proof is in the pudding. Like I want to see the before and afters, what they used, what how long was this trial? You know, how long did it take place? Um, I want to know where all the random percentages are coming from. Um, A lot of odd facts and figures being thrown around with celebrity skincare that I can't really make sense of um it a lot of it I, I get puzzled honestly when I broach the topic because there are
0: so much to to unpack- break down
1: there is so much Unpacked.
0: to unpack. <laughs> and I've really put off this topic. It's been one of the most yeah. number one requested topics because there have been so many big launches and so many big successful launches at that. And I've just thought really long and hard about how to approach it because I don't want to.
1: Put we don't want to be haters. Down. Like we don't
0: want to be haters. That's not like listen my no. vibe at all. But if you're gonna teeter into this industry, you're you have to expect professionals are going to share their honest feedback. And I think any professional would feel a little bit defensive of their industry when all of a sudden their favorite celebrity is is now the face of of product in that industry. And so I'll get into some of my my issues with celebrity skincare. One of the big ones is that somebody develops a product the, the celebrity becomes the face of that product. They are then required to promote that product and to influence others to buy that product. Then the next step after that is the celebrity starts educating and the public starts to perceive them as an expert on the topic or an expert at what they're selling, and they are simply not that. I would have a lot of respect for a big skincare influencer or a celebrity who steps into this space. I'd have a lot of respect for them if they were to sign up for esthetician school. It's not something they couldn't afford. It's not years of their time. It's it's doable. I'm not saying it's easy, but it could be done. And it bothers me when a celebrity's mission statement around their brand is to, you know, help others with their skin, to improve their confidence so on and so forth because if it really was they would do the legwork. They wouldn't just slap their name on the label and start profiting from it. To me, ethically, that's a little bit iffy. And I just don't think it would fly in any other industry. But unfortunately, because our industry is so misunderstood and because beauty is such a moneymaker, it happens all the time. And you and I have talked about this. This um, this resentment towards celebrity skincare is not for lack of like wanting to support another women oh, God, women. Yeah. We feel defensive of the people we treat every single day, and especially when you are marketing towards Gen Z. Millennials, a younger demographic that
1: – They're so much more impressionable. I mean,
0: impressionable. you have to be careful. They're so invested. They're at such an impressionable age where their self-confidence is – They're so vulnerable. They can be willing to buy anything. And Well, in the selects,
1: they don't have any, you know, face-to-face weird There's ones. No
0: there's no accountability no
1: you know we have to manage when something goes wrong because of that product or maybe it isn't producing the result that the celeb promised we're almost the kind of the punching bag for it and I think that's why me personally why I resent it so much I I do feel you know that we get a lot of the in the treatment room and things like that if something that's promised to them is not being delivered by someone else, like a celebrity, you know, it's almost our fault (laughs) or something, or how could this be? They said that this was supposed to improve X, Y, and Z. And it is an opportunity for us to educate, which is nice, but.
0: But that's why we take our brand selection so seriously. That's why every recommendation I make, I've thought about every possible like potential for something to backfire. I've thought about the whole routine from a bird's eye perspective. It's our name.
1: We're putting our, our we're name. Putting, like, we'll, we will literally stake our credibility on the brands that we choose. You know, it 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 says something about us. People trust us, our opinions. And if we aren't, choosing that. I'm not saying that everything we don't choose is not good, but let's just say there's, there's a reason why we don't choose or that, you know, professional estheticians don't choose that to be used in their treatment room.
0: My perspective on acne is that if it's not helping, it's hurting someone because I think of Myself, when I was 26 years old, struggling with this sudden, comedonal, very stubborn acne condition, I spent all my money at Sephora. I would sit in my bed oh. and watch every celebrity routine. I'm clicking buy because I want what they have.
1: 1,000%. Because there's, again, and you and I have talked about this before, but... The transparency, it's not what they're – all that they're doing to achieve, how they look, and the results they have. There's not an honest, you know, backstory of how all that's happening. And they're just staking it on, it's because of this product I launched. It's like –
0: (laughs) Right, right. Which is why when I heard Haley Bieber was launching a skincare line – sorry for my ice machine in the background but my heart immediately fell even before i knew what it was because i yeah. knew how many people were ready to buy that because of, of how beautiful she is how flawless yep. her skin is how perfect it is i knew whatever she sold people people would be, would in be running and i feel it's it's unethical to begin with When a celebrity is promoting anything skincare related because their level of wealth and access, not only access to product, but I'm talking the best dermatologists, skin specialists, nutritionists, lasers, injectables, medications, you name it. It's not a fair playing field to then be marketing to your average person in America.
1: I truly feel like this could be an entire episode. Truly. I'm not even kidding. Like, I just keep thinking of things as you're talking that I'm just like, this, 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 like all these other reasons. Like, it's tough.
0: Yeah. And we, Alyssa and I have been talking back and forth about, you know, a few different lines from Kim Kardashian's line to Hailey Bieber's line to Miranda. to Brad Pitt. Um, I guess one of the last points I wanna make that really bothers me is, is when lines really tout transparency. When it's, it's not as transparent as they've marketed it to believe, I think Gen Z loves the idea of transparency so that in and of itself is marketing.
1: I was going to say and- they almost play off that. I feel a lot but quite a few of the celebs that do launch them. Yes. It's like a tactic that
0: Yes. Yes. If you're if you're that transparent, why do you need to make that a marketing point? Right. And I think the other thing they've latched onto and guys, there's teams of people like who've studied, who've studied this, who, who are studying their demographic and know what they're looking for. The other thing that, that bothers me as, as somebody who makes a living based on clinical results <laughs> is how much they love that phrase, results driven. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: I, I heard it multiple times in Miranda Kerr's podcast, <laughs> I saw a lot of that when Haley Bieber launched her line. There were, it's almost like they took the approach of a dermatologist or an esthetician using a lot of statistics, using a lot of before and afters. But when you look at the words of what's actually being said, it it, it doesn't add up to much, but you wouldn't know that unless you were a true professional. If you're touting this cream makes you appear 200% more hydrated. That's not a long standing change you've made in the skin. It's really based on cosmetic elegance and, and how the skin appears.
1: I feel that it's almost like a timeline where all we see is the beginning and the finish. We don't get anything of the in between. You know what I mean? I, I'd like to see more of. All of these celeb lines are so overnight, that, mm-hmm. uh, where does that come from? I we didn't even know you were interested in skincare. Um, Travis Barker. I I just really only thought you you know, played the drums. I just I would love to see you know. Maybe if it was more of a passion project, I'd feel differently. I don't know. I just. Something is not connecting, and I think it's just because we truly like. There's not. We get nothing, no meat of the story. We just get. Oh, I like skincare. Bam, I'm launching a skincare line. Surprise, guys! And I'm like, what?
0: I'm I'm looking at Brad's line. Yeah. Lead domain a joint effort between pit and organic wine growers. Here's another thing celebrities do. They create a very romantic story. And fun fact, I actually used to intern for Codaly way back in the day. I was on their PR team and it was a similar story of grapes and wine and, and resveratrol, beautiful ingredient. Yeah. But it, it's like this imagery that they paint for the customer that, you know, they're thinking about vineyards and how natural something is and they automatically assume that makes it good.
1: I was oh just God. about to say when you say, I'm like, I feel like I have PTSD from clean, natural. And
0: there,
1: there are words in my vocabulary that just will never mean the same again after being in the skincare industry.
0: Oh, no. No, I used to also work at one of the biggest clean beauty stores, which was my introduction to this industry.
1: What?
0: So I was really indoctrinated into that world. And I never knew that. I'll never forget, Liz. We can move on to our next topic, which is clean beauty. Is it a scam or not? Um, I'll just, I'll never forget this experience where a customer came into our store steaming mad. And she said, every time I come in here, one of you recommends a different routine, a different product, and I've never ever seen any results.
1: And oh, I had never worked
0: with her, but I'm just I I was so stunned, but I think that's when it clicked for me that I no longer take. want to work there.
1: Clean beauty is a sham. Oh.
0: <laughs> you guys I oh. Just, yeah. oof. Just because something is clean and natural does not make it results driven. Okay. I have a hot take on this within the hot take.
1: Tell me. I'm always ready for the heat. Let's hear it, girl. Okay.
0: okay. <clears throat> I would never recommend a line because it is, quote, unquote, clean, I would never point to that as automatically good for acne prone skin. A lot of our clients have the misunderstanding because something has the clean label on it. That correlates to like clean skin equals acne free.
1: Healthy doesn't mean, you know, that all of a sudden it's gonna magically just health your skin up. That acne is just gonna go right away. Like working out girl, like working out for your skin.
0: No. So that, that should be said. And I get that a lot with clients and I try, I try to be clear, you know, because this product is clean does not make it safe for acne prone skin. That said, I do, I do think there's more to this idea than we've given it credit for just because of, how lenient we are in the States as far as the ingredients that can go in our products.
1: That's an intriguing.
0: And I'll, t- I'll tell you more.
1: I, got, I, I thought, thought you know, too after.
0: <laughs> okay. I feel like whenever, and I don't subscribe to this idea of clean yeah. beauty, um, it's not the reason I purchase skincare products. But I do think an awareness of what's in our products and an understanding that they, some of them may not be as safe as we've been led to believe. And as somebody who's, who's struggled with autoimmune for a long time, I've had both naturopaths and Western doctors caution me because they know I am immersed in this world of skincare so it's it's interesting to me because I do think what we have in our environment, whether it's cleaning products or certain skincare products, such as fluoride and toothpaste, for right. example, right? I do think it can have an effect on the body. So I'm not willing to say just because the FDA has deemed everything safe, that it's we're all automatically good to go. I think. There are many ingredients that we may not know the long-term effects for, for many, many years. And I do think there are certain people who are right to feel cautious. It's it's tricky because then you know you have people citing sources like EWG, which I don't agree with that either. I guess I'm like somewhere in the middle where I just don't think it's right to gaslight people who are concerned with their health. For wanting to limit certain substances on their skin or or ha- taking issue with them, questioning them. I think people should be questioning them because it, it likely uh, could have yeah. an effect on us. I just
1: – I feel almost – and the reason I, like, say, oh, that hot take it is, I think – I don't like the fear-mongering I feel that yes. comes with it sometimes. You know, like, right. scaring people into – thinking that because it's not clean and, and natural and whatever those words mean that it's it's awful for you 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 it it is terrible
0: this is something that's been a really conscious effort with free skin yeah my cleansers would be clean by any standard but you'll never I've never promoted that I'll, I'll never touch that topic nope because it does feed into fear-mongering. And, and that's not the reason I I would recommend my products, but I think you're totally right. And yeah, fear-mongering in, in skincare is huge. And I, I see that too a lot with even acne companies and and fear-mongering around certain ingredients. It's a great way to plant a seed out, and that's all they need to do. Not convince you, but plant that seed so that when you go to buy your moisturizer, if you don't know much, but you've heard shea butter is going to give you acne, you're going to choose the XYZ brand that has all the... Non-clogging ingredients. It's
1: uh-huh. I, I would definitely say that, sadly, clean, both clean beauty and, honestly, like any brand geared towards acne are the biggest offenders in the industry of fear-mongering. I've even, you know, at certain points in my career, also been totally convinced of one thing or another Only because the brand's education, you know, says so. Or that brand says so. Mm -hmm. I feel we should be a little more, a little bit, do your research. And if you want to choose a line because it's clean and because it's natural, great. But maybe like, you know, look into things that you would normally hold a quote unquote just regular old brand, like look at the clean brand to that same standard, I guess. Do your research, make sure that here's the thing.
0: I think it's really tough for consumers to do their research. Yeah, if if it because it becomes
1: I think we love it because it's like a second like nature to us. Like we're always learning. I love, but I know it's not yes. the same for consumers.
0: No. And it can be a bit of confirmation bias if you're Googling, is shea butter pork clogging? You're going to see articles that. Of course. It's just and like it, us so it,
1: on here saying our hot takes and then sharing, you know, a little bit about why we think it and why someone may not think it. It, right. it could go both ways if you're just throwing it out there like that.
0: Right. And you really have to consider. So many things. Even certain types of studies, which is something we talk about in nutrition, which, which studies, which types of sources are the most valid? Was this a double blind study? Was Was it
1: conducted by?
0: Were there controlled Variables, right? Was this done on human skin? Was it done on human faces? Was it done on bunnies' ears? Yeah. So many, so many facets. So it is hard to do your research. Um,
1: But just because something's clean, I just urge people (laughs) to dig deeper.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it really depends. Like, what is it for? That's the, that's the thing. I think a lot of consumers want to put something in a good or bad bucket. Yes. And it's not so much. Is it good? Like you were saying, is it healthy? Because I'm guilty
1: guilty of this sometimes too, but there's
0: lots of beautiful, clean products you could use that are healthy, but I wouldn't, I would Probably encourage something else if your goal was acne management or age management.
1: Oh, oh! Which speaking of, this next one ties into. Can I can I do the honors? It's yes. a good one. Okay, tretinoin isn't for every acne patient. Hot take. Hot
0: take.
1: <sighs> I just. Mm-hmm. I know that it's typically a dermatologist's first line of defense. I feel you know, it's often their go-to in the beginning and and don't get me wrong, I not just because I, you know, we have this hot take does not mean that we are not Tretinoin stands in some way, shape or form. I totally think it has a place. However, I think there are much better, Alternatives such as benzoyl peroxide, ah, oh, that should be considered a first, because we were chatting before. Tretinoin is often paired with something like clindamycin, for example, like a topical that is designed to help you know manage the bacteria, the acne-causing bacteria. Whereas tretinoin doesn't do so much of that on its own, which is why a lot of the times derms pair both of those together. Whereas I just feel in my personal experience, like in the treatment room and seeing acne clients,
0: BP, it just... (laughs) (laughs) Nothing hits like BP and that's why it is the most effective topical treatment available for acne. I think that bacteria is 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 very important. A lot I definitely
1: it, think it's a it's a missed um, or maybe an overlooked trigger at first.
0: Yeah, and that's and for some people, that's a bigger component of their acne equation. When I was 100%. interviewing Jan Marini she mentioned a statistic in the in the 40s of of how effective tret was for acne around 40% treatment for overall clearing and that's the thing like you'll talk to some people and it will be the thing that cleared their skin for life it'll be 100%. their standard but for me it's not enough because it's not completely managing the condition I credit Tret as a great bridge from my SD over-the-counter Sephora world life to getting on Tret that was really something that did some heavy lifting for me in terms of clearing comedonal acne
1: I love it for um scarring for you know i i love it after the especially inflamed acne is more managed and a little bit more controlled i just did i never felt it was quite enough right. they would always it, it was almost as if like the clients that i was you know seeing on it, it would, don't get me wrong, it would 100% improve so much, you know, from poor size, like looked more refined. And it did really help to improve acne in a lot of cases. However, I almost felt like we would always hit a wall or get to a certain point of improvement, where it would almost tap out. And I think it was because there were was treating and minimizing certain triggers such as in a lot of acne clients retention hyperkeratosis is an Mm -hmm. issue i mean we just we produce acne prone skin produces so five times as much of you know dead skin as like the average person so there's so much stuck in that follicle and it's just not Things are not moving along like they should be. So Trek comes in and she just, you know, helps to like skirt those little dead skin cells along, but she almost like rushes them. And in the rushing process, I don't, I think that things start to like derail and some, in some clients cases, like it just isn't for everyone, every acne client right off the bat every single time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I shared a little bit of this on my TikTok, but that was my experience list, and yeah. we we credit Tret with unclogging pores, promoting, um, like you said, that normal regular
1: cell turnover rate, like you know, helping those The sort normal of-
0: flow of of oil production, stimulating new collagen. Yes, Tret, I mean. Undoubtedly, retinol is phenomenal, oh,
1: incredible,
0: real sergeant for the skin, which yes. encourages it to start behaving normally. My my issue with it is it tends to be a very long tail treatment. You have to be willing to so long <laughs> to give this product.
1: <laughs> Tell you guys! If you heard my okay. wiener dog, he's be an obnoxious.
0: That's okay. You've got to be willing to give Tret three months to. I'm sorry. I'm going to say I know most people don't say it. It takes them this long to clear, but it took me a full year to start. Was, like, say a right.
1: year. <laughs> honestly, I I also have seen it take so long. And, and that's why
0: germs don't want to see you back for at least 3 months. They know you're going to purge and probably go through ups and downs. The skin will probably get worse before it mm-hmm. gets better and I'm not saying
1: that that's not similar with other products either. I don't want to I don't want to make it out to be like, "Oh, trust right. oh, no. Like 3 months well, is realistic
0: for an yeah, acne, for sure. That's on the short short end.
1: Yeah. I know that sometimes people, you know, really highlight the the tret purge and and that's not why I'm saying hot take like, you know, it isn't the end all be all for acne. I don't want to demonize it because there's purging involved or something. That's always going to be part of the process.
0: You've worked in medical environments. I've worked in medical environments where TRET, TRET was the gold standard. It helped a lot of people, but all we're saying it's not always enough for, for everyone. And my, my other quip with it is that depending on the brand name, there can be problematic or clogging ingredients with the cream version of tretinoin. We have isopropyl mirastate, which is a known pore clogger. With the gel version, I, if you can use that, I'm, I'm jealous. But because of the alcohol base, it is so drying. I was
1: going to say, I'm like, if you can use that, I am scared. I'm over here scared. I I know a lot of people can. I have a lot of clients that can, and I'm always shook. I'm like, go off, sis. You, my skin barrier must just be a little, little weakling. <laughs> You've
0: got to be a lot more oily, but mm-hmm. I don't take an issue with certain alcohols in skincare. They can serve a purpose, and not all of them are bad. But to have an alcohol yeah. base, like. I just I think it's we've pretty
1: hardcore
0: outgrown that and I think there are better products available. And One thing I will give it credit for if you have insurance, if you have fifteen dollars, oh,
1: true,
0: true, probably great product for you.
1: I did not consider that. That actually is a good point.
0: Yeah. But yeah, maybe. if I had to, if somebody asked me like, "What acne product do you like from the drugstore?" I would say put that money towards a tri- prescription. Yep. Yes, but I if have. you've been on it for a while, I can do better for you.
1: <laughs> yep. I, I know. I'm like, we we're here. We got you.
0: Yep. Hmm. I think that's my thoughts.
1: I would agree, girl. I think we we did our justice.
0: I'll just say my forehead never cleared on Tret because that cream base was clogging her up.
1: My Girl. forehead
0: is, that skin is sensitive. Everywhere else was clear. My forehead was never clearing.
1: I'm not going to lie. My skin trembled even at the 0.05 cream. Like she yeah. could not even. She was shocked.
0: I have a lot of clients who are on the point zero five, and they're not—they're not seeing the result they want, and they're like, "Should I go up?" And I'm like, "No, I, I don't. I don't think there's a need to use that strength of a retinol, like unless we're talking about the skin on your body—that's a right. thicker skin. I just think there are other ways we could be treating."
1: trillion percent period
0: period okay do we want to finish with our last and most controversial hot take
1: oh my gosh guys I'm trembling in my boots all right who gets to do the honors you okay we we said we'd switch on and off but honestly I I lose count and then I get too excited too and I'm like can I say this one
0: yeah
1: (laughs) okay okay guys so And and I know when it comes out of my mouth, y'all are going to freak out. All I'm going to say first, and then we will come in and we'll back this up a little bit.
0: Yeah, please don't take any piece of this out of context. Yeah, please. Hear us out. Hear us out. Let us share some different sides.
1: Yes. All I'll say, hot take. (laughs) Accutane has a place. I don't think this is... Ever. I don't think there's ever room for conversation on this topic in our industry. No one allows there to be room. So we just want to allow there to be just a little bit of wiggle room here. And I'm going to say, hot take, Accutane has a place. It has its place. She comes with risks. But she also comes with benefits. I don't, we are not physicians. We are not, you know, encouraging by any means.
0: Promoting.
1: No, no. Not at all. I just think we should maybe, again, do your due diligence. There is... There are so many different skin types, conditions, severities. And I truly think that some people need it. I got to say it. I just, I, I have those that have done it all. I was one of those that did it all. And you can be, I mean, you can for God's sakes, measure the, your damn water temperature to make sure it's not too hot. Everything under the sun can be done right. You know, I have clients that they've, they've hit the diet, they've hit the lifestyle, they've hit what they're using topically, um, anything, hair care, everything you can think of. And it just is not enough. Sometimes it's rare that, It's not enough, but I think there are those truly. We were talking about a statistic uh, earlier, and it was something along the lines of somewhere around 20%. It
0: is 20%. Yeah. It's just, okay. Confidently, there is a statistic 20% of people who struggle with acne will ultimately need medication in order for their acne to subside. I've I've thought about this statistic a lot, and I've thought, but but who have they seen? Have they done this and that? Like I know how involved oh. my acne protocol is, and and you know I'm not I'm not saying that statistic is is life
1: or death.
0: Sure, yeah, but I, it's it's. It makes a strong case that certain people may need medication. And
1: we shouldn't shame those that do decide to take that route. Everybody's journey is different. And if someone has weighed the pros and cons and really given it, you know, they're all in their eyes and they are working with a dermatologist and they both agree that that's the next step, then I just don't, you know, why are we, they're already struggling. Why are we then, you know, shaming them for what they've resorted to basically? Because in most cases I don't see it as, here you go. Like, I don't know the derms handing it out like candy, like just offering it up left and right. I don't, I don't, I know that that's like, that's what I was always told.
0: About. Right. I don't right. know who those derms are. You become an esthetician. I feel like that meant yeah. is shoved down your throat. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of misconceptions about Accutane. I I hear often that dermatologists are are just handing Accutane out like candy. There must be some incentive there for them. And the reality is it derms really have to go through a lot of hoops to prescribe Accutane. They've got to get you on two forms of birth control. They have to basically sign a deal with I pledge and, and the government which is a very serious contract the, and, and one of the biggest risks. I do want to share some facts about Accutane, but one of the, the risks that's highly considered is the possibility of birth defects. I don't think any doctor takes that lightly. It, it's a big deal to trust a client with, with the responsibility of, of taking Accutane
1: it's a liability like to honestly they're they're risking a lot by Mm -hmm. putting you on it because that's that's placing a lot of trust in the client that they may not they don't you know us with our clients I feel that a lot of us form relationships we see them so often we get to hear about their day they don't they they have certain tools that they're given to treat acne. They go through those tools. I mean, when it gets to the final step, they're also only given one option to help you out. You know, I mean, if they've tried, if, if they've given you the, tri- if they've given you the doxy, you know, all the things and those have failed, that is also their last option and they don't in most cases, I don't think, you know, they'd rather not if they can if it can be avoided.
0: Just like we get a lot of unfair criticism as aestheticians, I think journals totally. do as well. But oh they're doctors, they they take an oath to do no harm. And I, I I really believe for the most part a lot of them take that seriously. Um, of course there are cases that, that may be different. Sure. I just don't think they're handing it out like candy because there is so much involved for them. You know, they, they'd probably profit more from, from putting you on an acne routine. Um, But they know how they don't want to see their patients suffer either. And for millions of Americans, Accutane really is life-changing. And I and when you talk to derms or if you even want to learn more about Accutane on YouTube and watch some dermatologists talk about it, they just have an entirely different perspective.
1: Their what? whole entire industry, I feel like, idolizes it while we – not idolize. Okay, right. that's, that's aggressive. But you know what I mean? It's just on such yeah. an opposite spectrum, cool. and I, I think it should just be more mid – Let's all just be.
0: (laughs) They they truly believe it's one of the best medical inventions in the skincare field in the last 50 years. Yep. And that's because for many people. Hot take for many people. It's a cure. It's a cure for 70% of acne sufferers.
1: But I, one of the things that you and I talked about earlier is they're also trying to minimize triggers and, you know, things that are setting off acne and perpetuating that. And Accutane does help by shrinking oil glands. And it, that then results in, you know, helping to prevent pores from clogging, decreasing growth of bacteria. It, there are anti-inflammatory effects. I mean, there are
0: they're Nobody talks thing. about that—the fact that it's an anti-inflammatory. It's also yeah. a treatment for skin cancer, so that can be a big benefit. It, we talk so much about sunscreen, but we never acknowledge that fact.
1: In nope. Why? And then you know, of course, there are like we you mentioned earlier, tests, birth defects. Um, there are, you know, the dryness of the lips and the skin the increased sun sensitivity there are so many things that of course we go
0: through the like a a good solid list of pros and cons
1: yeah I think that'd be an awesome idea
0: yeah it's just such a tricky tricky topic I want to be like fair on both sides
1: yeah super clear and kind of give like both sides leverage
0: yes Okay, so some common side effects of isotretinoin include, again, these are the most common ones. Yep. Skin itching, skin irritation, thinning hair, fragile skin, dry eyes, skin infections, rash, bone or joint pain, muscle aches, digestive and intestinal symptoms, headaches. The most common of all of those, dry skin, dry mouth, chapped lips, yep. dry nasal passages. Those are the things when you go in for a follow-up, when you're on Accutane, if you're on a higher dose, the derm is looking for those things as, as an indicator the medication is working. You're taking it correctly. You're consuming it with fat. Well, and with- that's
1: also the thing. they're They are monitoring it. The entire and those side effects the entire time. Um, it is. It's not like they're giving you this and setting you free. No. There's, you're closely, you know, you're monitored for these things. And if certain side effects do start occurring. I mean, again, do no harm. They're gonna stop treatment. They're not afraid to stop treatment. It's oh, no. it's not like they they're would not, force you to we're continue
0: through this. No, like you're you're out. Game over. Yep. Some some more serious side effects. I should mention. Yeah. Less common but more severe: severe headache, blurred vision, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, seizures, stroke. And the big one, which if you're taking Accutane, you'll see it on the box. You'll see a picture of a baby. This is the reason you need to be on two forms of birth control. Even if your IUD is like 99% effective, they're not risking that 1%. Nope. Monthly
1: pregnancy tests, the whole shebang.
0: Yes. It may lead to miscarriage, death of the fetus, or premature birth. It could also cause severe birth defects such as small or missing ears on the infant, hearing loss, small eyes, missing eyes, a smaller missing thymus gland, which is responsible for making white blood cells, a cleft palate, congenital heart defects. So like we've said, there are large risks. There can also be large rewards. I think an interesting point is a conversation I'm, I haven't heard much about is the fact that a lot of germs are microdosing isotretinoin or a variety of prescriptions. They might have you take a low dose one or two times a week. Oftentimes with the low, low dose, the side effects can be very minimal and some patients don't experience any side effects at all. So that's the key. I think we're given this image of your face falling off all these dramatic things, but there are many people on Accutane that you would never, you would never know it.
1: And what, medication doesn't have side effects I'm sorry you know I'm, I know that y- some so much more severe than others but I just you know everything comes with birth control I mean that's one that we just mm-hmm. it's handed out to anyone and everyone and you know we just take it and I don't know like but there's never really a question with those side effects as much as, you know, something like Accutane. It's just it's interesting, you know?
0: Yes, and I feel like Accutane is a subject that there is a lot of information on, so that's something I think that can be more easily researched.
1: Definitely. And there's really only one I don't believe, at least, that there are multiple versions like there are with birth control. It, it, Accutane works one way, from my understanding. You know, there are not different types of hormones used in it, in certain mm-hmm. versions right. than others. Right. It's a little it's- bit more concrete to be able... I guess yes. it's more maybe black and white. And yeah. that's why, maybe. You know, it is either praised or hated, but I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't totally hate.
0: I think there's also a fear in the industry that if we accept Accutane, if we say it can be okay, and for some people in small doses, then what does that mean for our industry? You know, is it game over once there is a a pill on the market that could potentially be a cure for 70% of people. Alyssa and I say no, that's when, that's when you're really needed the most because a derm does not have time to manage and micromanage your routine. I want there to be more education and open conversation about Accutane so we could better understand and support those that are on it
1: or maybe just fresh off and ready to you know they want they want to upkeep what they just worked so hard to achieve it's probably what they've worked all their life for and now they just want help maintaining it
0: absolutely and I think another myth I heard as a newer esthetician was that, you know, you go on Accutane, your skin is forever sensitive and dry. When we know it's really out of your system in about a month. It's pretty fast. It is pretty fast. And and that's one reason I would also encourage an acne prone person to meet with an esthetician and understand once you've been given that fair, fresh start where the Accutane has addressed your oil, your bacteria, your dead skin cell buildup. You have this incredible fresh start that maybe if you've been struggling with acne for years, you've never had.
1: These Um triggers have never been under control like this, or at least not all at one time to create the harmony that you were always going for.
0: I think a very important note is that oftentimes when a client is struggling with very cystic inflamed acne, a lot of times that can't be helped with topicals and that's that's where Accutane can be recommended but but of course it's still important to support the integrity of the skin and get on the right routine so you can like Liz said maintain 100%
1: see and I never would have known that fact about it because I don't hear many good hacks you know. Again, that's why we are talking about this, and that's why it was a hot take. Just to
0: yeah, Dr. Dr. Dre has a has a really interesting video on the cosmetic benefits I'm of. i look into that. I think, I think responsibly, doctors don't want to promote that because they don't of want course. people on it for a cosmetic benefit, and it's not a reason to get on. No, it. Those no not, no doctor will responsibly (laughs) ignore those risks for your little cosmetic gain. But, but I mean, it's internal vitamin A. It's
1: true. And we do be loving that vitamin A for the external. So
0: you want to get on it. And we often say Accutane's not a cure. People still break out after being on it. Again, for 70% of people, Their acne pretty much subsides for life, but there's a substantial 30% of people where it comes back, and that's why it's so important to educate and teach about interrupting that follicle and getting on your acne routine post-accutane to maintain the results.
1: 100%. I I just
0: think... You're for nothing.
1: (laughs) Right. You've worked... I mean, sadly, because I do think that that's another um, reason that maybe the aesthetics community feels it needs to demonize it because it's almost looked at as such an easy option. It's the easy way out. It's the band-aid. It's the easy fix. And it's like, I mean, it really, I find... Getting pregnancy tests and having that many doctor's appointments, medical bills, pricier than skincare or skin treatments, takes a lot of time out of the day. I, I don't know. Is it really easier? You know what I mean? I, I think it's seen as such an easy fix, but I think there's a lot more that goes into it that we don't, that's not talked about again, because it's never talked about because it's a huge No.
0: Well, I think it's interesting we call it a Band-Aid because when we're talking about Accutane, we should be talking about and referring to a category of people that have not been helped by addressing things like lifestyle, nutrition, their acne management routine. Here's a huge misnomer I hear about acne on a regular basis. (laughs) I just got into it with some huge email that was promoting diet as the cure or the only treatment you need for acne. mm. It's simply not the case, as important as it is. And you guys know how huge and lifestyle I am not negating that, but it's not the number one driver of acne. Acne can happen from something as small as a sensitivity to a normal androgen fluctuation. So I think a lot of us put this pressure on us. What's the problem? How do I, what's this one root problem I need to fix? For many people, like Liz was referencing, it could be predisposition to excess shedding in the follicle. Their skin cells are shedding at a fast rate that their little hair follicle, skin follicle cannot keep up with, and it gets clogged. Somebody is predisposed to intense oil production that's fuel to the acne flame that results in bacteria. There are a lot of like microscopic components to acne that are not always somebody doing something incorrectly. There are a lot of things to consider with acne, which I know lists you, just like me, you go through a long laundry list of questions to control every aspect that we possibly can to have a fighting chance with their acne. But many people struggle regardless. And they put this unfair burden on themselves to figure it out. And they can waste many years, a lot of money. I was going to say so much money. <sighs> and and just burn themselves out mentally, like going in circles. So our goal is not to convince anyone to get on Accutane. It's to open this conversation to the real benefits of Accutane and the real Risks that are not to be dismissed. Yep. Yep.
1: I think it was perfectly said. I think that we just want to, did yeah, just give everybody
0: a little... Hot take.
1: A little hot take. I, I'm so intrigued to... Uh, I wish that I almost, even though we said this earlier, I'm like, thank God that this is never a video because Tess and I look like we, well, not so much Tess, like she's like glowing in her candlelight. But if you guys <laughs> could see me, I look like I have a
0: no, it's like like, it
1: It literally looks like I have a bird nest on my head. And so just know that I wish you guys could have seen my faces during these hot takes because... <laughs> The only reason I would wish it was ever video
0: was for this one. You guys, please give Alyssa like a big thank you in the DMs. Mm -hmm. I didn't post a podcast last week, not because I just didn't get to it. We fully recorded a full episode and felt like we wanted to make sure – like these topics were very fairly and thoroughly addressed. And there's still more we could say about all of them. We didn't even get to the mental health side of accusation. No. That's real. We so didn't a even lot
1: get to some of the hot takes just because we wanted to. I feel like we just wanted, we didn't want to. Th- yeah, we were, you know, we love a little bit of shade, but we wanted to like <laughs> put it out there, but also
0: to support, support it
1: to some degree.
0: Yeah, so thank you, Liz, oh, for recording oh. this, not once, but twice. And wow. take time out of your busy- – guys, she's, like, booked and busy, slammed. And I really appreciate you joining. Stop. For the-
1: you – I never see it as anything more than literally us hanging and chatting skincare. So thank you for having me. And, guys, yeah, just – keep listening to the treatment room because it is literally my favorite. And Tess works so hard at this that I cannot get over it.
0: Thank you. Do you want to tell them where they can find you?
1: Yes. You guys can find me on Instagram as Alyssa, the Illinois SD and uh, the studio that I own is Liss skin studio on Instagram.
0: Yay. Thank you guys for listening. We love you and care about your education so much. Thank you for tuning in, supporting the show, sharing it with a friend. And that's all. That's all for now. That's
1: all she wrote.